Hey loves, this is Constance of First Generation Healers Podcast. And we're welcoming back Katie here. We're going to be talking about ascension with her and how you can gracefully move through ascension and symptoms that come with it. I'm so excited to have her back here. Last time she was on a podcast, we were discussing Dark Night of the Soul. And could I have you reintroduce yourself, Kami, to anyone new listening and welcome. So my name is Kami Caranza, and I am an oracle healer and prophetess. And you might wonder what that means. And an oracle is a word for someone that works with your loved ones that have passed on. And a prophetess is the word for someone that works with just one being um, to channel information and wisdom. And I do work with one being named Michael. And you can find me at psychickamey.com. So what is ascension? You know, when we talk about ascension, we really need to, we really need to broaden that definition and, and talk about it in terms of sort of the three phases of ascension, because ascension is one part of an overall new awareness or progression in awareness. So we have um, awakening, which is sort of the first part in the progression of, of awareness. The second part is ascension itself, which is what we're going to talk about. And then the last part of this whole sort of puzzle, what we're all trying to work towards is the feeling of being awoke, being awoken. There are just various levels of awareness. Awakening though itself is interesting. Awakening itself denotes that we're asleep versus ascension itself says that we're awake and that we're aware now. So that's kind of what ascension is, is it's part of what uh, my spiritual group considers sort of a trilogy of phases of spirituality. So ascension again is a state of being awake and aware now. What are the phases of ascension? Yeah, so so as we mentioned earlier, there, there are sort of three phases to the whole ascension process, and that is awakening, ascending, and being awoken. When we talk about awakening, that's sort of, that's sort of our early phases. Um, it denotes that we've been asleep. And so if we think about, you know, when we were awakening, I know you're an awakened person, and I'm an awakened person, and I'm sure there are many out there listening. But when we were going through our awakening, we really didn't know what was going on. We were asleep to to each other. We were asleep to our own sacredness. We were asleep to our own preciousness and we were asleep to our own divinity. And awakening is the process of coming to back to your true authentic self. And during that phase, you'll know that you're in the awakening phase because you're doing a lot of exploration. Lots of things catch your attention. You're trying tarot, you're trying pendulums, you're you know, getting visions, you're just sort of touching in a lot of different places and awakening to a lot of different things. So that's what awakening is. After we go through our sort of exploration and awakening period, that's when we reach sort of an ascension. And when we reach ascension, we are, we're now at a place where we are awake and we are aware now. We are aware to our divinity. We are aware of our preciousness. And ascension is the process of intentionally provoking or invoking your divinity. So does that make sense to you? As far as intentionally provoking or invoking your divinity. So so when you're awakening, you're just kind of wandering and things are getting thrown at you and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. When you're ascending, you're intentionally invoking, invoking things. You're still exploring, but ascension is where we find the most engagement in our shadow work. And there's a lot of growing pains in ascension. So awakening is kind of usually gentle for people. Ascension is things really get challenging and you really have to exercise your commitment. After ascension is the state of being, of being awoke. 
And being awoke is it's a lot of actualization, a lot of integration with your divinity. You are working hand in hand with your higher self. You are actioning things from your higher self. You're living in that state of divinity. Lessons are learned very quickly when you're in a phase of being awoke and your attention is very focused rather than, you know, during the awakening stage where we're kind of all over the place and ascension, we're kind of getting it together. Awoke, we have a very focused and, and attention um, and that's generally on our purpose. Makes sense? It does. And I was thinking too, as I listened to you talk about this, I can go through this in multiple different ways in my life, right? It's not just a one-time deal. Correct. It's not linear. It's not linear at all. Much like everything in life, really, if we think about it, nothing's ever linear. We all, it's a spiral. We all just sort of start everything over and over again. In fact, I just said to a client today, we are always the teacher and we are always the student. I definitely love that saying. What are the signs, the symptoms of ascension? Ascension symptoms, that's an interesting question. So oftentimes in the woo community, there's a phrase that's thrown around called the ascension flu. And so when we're ascending, of course, we're seeing a lot of changes with our spirituality, changes with our energy and changes with our thoughts and habits. But typically we also see changes in our body as we're sort of purging the old things, bringing in the new. And so some of the ascension symptoms, if we want to talk about the mind, first of all, when we're, when we're working with a mind ascending, we're letting go of a lot of habits, it's a lot of purging. And so you know you're ascending when you're letting go. You're letting go of people that no longer serve you or vibrate with you. It's just that easy. It can be just we don't vibrate together anymore. You're letting go of habits, things that do not support where you're going now that you have been awakened and you know you're going in a direction. You're letting go of habits. You're letting go of thoughts, things that you were programmed with as a child in order to accept something new. And if we talk about in terms of ascension symptoms, again, physically, a lot of people do get a flu. And, and I've gone through that multiple times, like we talked about earlier, it's not linear, you're constantly coming through these sort of cycles of spirituality and cycles of ascension. And the ascension flu, for me, I can say, I think it varies for everybody. And I think it also varies on the, the level of work that you're doing, whether you're doing shadow work, whether you're purging, whether you're you're taking on new concepts. We have to allow our body time to catch up to our new vibration. And so the ascension flu, you'll also see uh, folks that are really tired when they're having the ascension flu, their body's catching up, they need to sleep and to let things calibrate. I also hear people that have a lot of memory loss when they were going through ascension, of course, because we're making room, like, you know, we, got, we only use like, what is it, 2% of our brain, 4%? You got to make room up there for the new stuff. So a lot of memory problems during ascension. I think it also just depends on, on how much you resist to people that are in high resistance around ascension are going to have a lot of issues. They're going to have a lot of battles, a lot of combating. That's how you know you're ascending. You're going to get a lot of opportunities to, to action what you've been learning through your ascension. But, but again, it's a, it's a mind body kind of process that you go through with some of those, I hate to say symptoms, but signs that you're ascending, a lot of signs too, like a lot of messages and things like that as well. And how do we move through ascension with ease and grace? Ah, that is a great question. So I have a couple of tips that we can share with everybody. First thing that I wrote down is you want to manage your ego and your ego is, you know, the ego gets a really bad rap. Let me just say that. I love my ego. My ego's job is to protect me. It's the thing that says, pump the brakes. Don't do that. I'm too scared, right? One of the ways that you can move through ascension is to manage your ego. Your ego is going to tell you, no, we should not be exploring that or 
I really like my friends. I don't want to get rid of them. Your ego is going to pump the brakes on a lot of things. And we really want to manage that. We want to talk to our ego like it's a child. Don't be afraid. Everything is going to work out. We want to manage our ego so that it is no longer the overriding voice. We want to let spirit be the overriding voice. So that's tip number one, manage your ego. The second thing that you can do, and this is one of my favorite phrases, is you've got to lean into it. And for those of you that don't know what lean into something means, it means to embrace it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be, you know, don't worry about what's going to happen. Just lean right into it. Know that you are loved and everything is happening for your greatest good. Lean into it. Feel, feel it. Remember with ascension and really with anything spiritually, the more that you resist, the harder the lessons are going to get and the more they're going to persist. So the more you resist, the more it persists. So lean into it. Just let it happen. Surrender. I am a huge believer that if you take time to learn the lesson and experiences presenting to you, especially if it's a negative one, you're not going to repeat that. If you fail to learn the lessons, you're going to repeat. And if you do a lot of reflecting back on your life and you see patterns, that's places where you have failed to learn the lessons. So they just repeated themselves. So learn the lessons for whatever's being presented, whether it's shadow work again, or switching your perception or whatever it is, learn the lesson. Another great tip for moving through ascension with ease and grace is to meditate. And a lot of people have a really difficult time with that. And what I would tell you is that meditation can be as simple as three breaths while you're in the shower. It doesn't have to be, you know, light the candles, get the sage out, turn on the woo music. It can just be a couple of breaths. And really the purpose of meditation is to, especially in this case, is to connect you with your higher self. And that's what this is all about. That's what ascension is all about. It's connecting you to your higher self so that you can live in enmeshment with spirit. Another great tip for working through ascension with ease is to surrender. And that's something we talked about a little bit earlier when we talked about leaning in. You want to surrender. The more that you resist this, the more that you fight change, the harder it's going to be. So just let it go. Just surrender. Another really great thing that you can do is to follow the nudges. And what I mean by that, and we're going to see this a lot, is you're going to see this a lot during awakening, right? We have so many explorations and so many experiences coming at us. We want to follow those nudges. And so if you're you know, suddenly interested in, in tarot or something like that, then follow the nudges. Go down that path. You're being presented that information for a reason. It's to help you to progress through the phases of spirituality. Another thing that is super important, super, super important, and we could probably do an entire chat about this, is to work your shadows. And for anybody that's new, shadow work is all of the dark parts of ourselves, those parts that we usually, you know, rebuke, we don't want to have anything to do with them, get away from me, you're terrible, that's our shadow, all of the hard parts, and we want to work our shadow, the goal, really the goal in life is to integrate the shadow, is to love your shadow, right, it carried all that hard and heavy stuff for you anyway, so do your shadow work. Last thing that I would add around a really great tip is a phrase that I learned from um, a fantastic coach named Stacey Cannon Dykes. And she has a phrase and she says, let it be easy. That's something that I use on a regular basis. If I'm feeling particularly challenged in a day, or if I do sit down to do some ascension work, I will set that intention of just let this be easy. It doesn't have to be hard. You know, ascending, going through spirituality doesn't have to be a huge fight. You don't have to lose everybody in your life, maybe. 
you, know, you just don't have to feel it as, as hard as it's probably sounded that it would be today. So let it be easy. It can be easy. You can learn lessons through ease, grace, and love instead of fighting, instead of challenges. And so those are the tips that I have for you. I really love that you mentioned doing shatter work because as you know, in spiritualism, there's a lot of people that feel like it's only love and light. And they get offended when we go into the shadows and any aspects. And I was wondering how you felt about that. Is that in a way someone avoiding ascension? Yeah, that makes me laugh because I know out there, I know out there that there are people that are just love and light and sage and oils and crystals. And that's great for them. But that's not the world that I work in. And the way that I knew that I was here to do shadow work is just by looking at my childhood. Um, I don't think that you can avoid shadow work and fully embrace yourself. And I'm here to fully embrace myself. And I believe that the spiritual path is about fully embracing the human experience. And so I, I think you have to. I think you have to work your shadows in order to move your spirituality. I really do. How are you, you going to know yourself if you don't? Yeah, I agree. Like I was thinking about today, if you stay in the light, you're really living in the dark, even though you think that you're staying all light, you're not. Well, Constance, you're really living in the comfort zone. Exactly. Life is not lived in the comfort zone. Life is lived outside of the comfort zone. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a hard lesson for me this year. You know, I, I, uh, I got that message sometime around June or so that I had been living life in the comfort zone and needed to move out of it. And I, I surrendered. That was sort of one of my shadows to work through. Uh, and part of my, you know, again, it's a spiral. Part of my next level ascension was to surrender. And so I did. And it, it's taken me to wonderful things. I told Spirit I would say yes to everything. And here we are today. I love that. Behind our mm -hmm. comfort zone is the growth that we've been looking for. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you know, something that my team loves to say, they love to tell people be brave and be bold. That's what it takes. Be brave and be bold. So what are some common misconceptions around ascension you find people have? And like, I was wondering too, do you feel like enlightenment is a term that we can use for ascension or is it completely wrong? Oh, let, let's, let's start there first. Let's start with enlightenment. And so I, I do think that enlightenment and ascension are very similar. You know, if we go back to our definition that ascension is, is the state of being aware. And I find that enlightenment is also the state of being aware. I think that some of the misconceptions around ascension is that you can slap an oil on your forehead and boom, you're ascended. <laughs> or in other words, that there's some easy fix for it. And I think that goes back to the conversation earlier about the light and love. You know, again, I am a soul pilgrim. I am here to find the very depths of my soul and, um, I think, as you mentioned earlier with the light and love folks, that, that is probably a misnomer that you, you don't have to go through that process to know yourself. You do have to go through that process. Uh, I think ascension, I think some of this might ruffle, ruffle some feathers. And again, you know, I'm not for everybody, not everybody's for me. So I'll just say that right now. But I think ascension is, I think people think that they can, that there's a task list. If I do this, then this, then this, then I have ascended. And that kind of thinking is really 3D programming because that's how our work world works. That's how our school system works. You know, you progress and all of a sudden you're done, boom, you're ascended. And it's just not the way that it is. There's no set diagram for this. There's no list. You have to be brave, be bold, have courageous, go wherever spirit nudges you to go. There's no set plan for it. And I think a lot of people have a misnomer. Well, I've done this. Well, I've meditated 10 times. I've done five Hail Marys. How come I'm not ascended? Because you haven't. And, and it's okay that Susie did the same thing and she did. 
There's no task list for it. And you make me think about like, I can read about all the different spiritual leaders and be like, they did this, that, and this, and then I will be there. And then that's not my path though, that I have to go through. It's, it's thinking everything is linear and ascension when it's not. Correct. It's that old 3D programming that keeps us in the 3D. So I was wondering, we avoid things because we don't want to deal with the void that's left there as far as ascension goes. So what's the best way to deal with the voids that come up for us? Like, you know, getting rid of friendships, relationships, anything like that where we release them. Yeah. Yeah. So the best thing that you can do is to have hope, faith, and belief that as you create room, things that are more better aligned with your frequency now are going to come through for you. So friends is a really great um, example. And I hear a lot of folks heartbroken because their friends move out of their lives. And what we need to do is affix our gaze to the future. We've made space for things that are better aligned with us. And all we need to do is know that the universe is bringing those people to us. They're bringing the situations, whatever it is that we've, you know, whether we've left a relationship, left a job, you know, whatever it is, you just need to know that you did that work to make room for something better. You did that work to make something that, that matches your frequency. And all you got to do is have faith and patience. Patience, patience is having trust that it will happen for you. Have faith and patience. Can you tell me about your experience with Ascension and what you learned? Uh, yeah, geez. Um, hopefully people will go back and listen to the dark night of the soul first, but if they don't, this is a great place for them to write a note and go listen to it afterwards. The uh, dark night of the soul that you and I did a couple of weeks ago, that chat about that, but my personal ascension story. So, you know, I've, I came into this world with gifts. I'm sure we all do. I think we all do. Um, and I began started, you know, having my gifts, um, really come forward for me when I was a little child. And so, um, so I've, I've always been sort of awake. I've always known that there was something out there, but that doesn't mean by, by any stretch that I skipped the awake sort of, sort of um, section of awakening. I want to say my awakening, not my ascension. My awakening started in about 2012, uh, September 5th, 2012, um, to, to be exact, as did a lot of other people's awakening. 2012 was a huge year for folks. And that kicked off with the dark night of the soul, which is what we just talked about um, in our last podcast about, you know, how the dark night of the soul is just a complete stripping of your identity um, so that you're ready for new things. My awakening kicked off with a bang and it kept going and <laughs> just kept banging. I, you know, went through a, through a really terrible divorce, changed my identity actually to get away from some domestic violence, moved across the country, left my job, left my home, like literally just again, dark night of the soul, my complete identity was gone. And once I thought, that it was done, that I was finally out of this quote, bad stretch. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't spiritual. Then I was just having my awakening through this bad stretch that it would be over. But that bad stretch kind of lasted for about eight years during my awakening process. I lost a lot of friends. I lost my beloved sister. She passed away. I lost my, my beloved heart animal Kiki. She passed away. I, I mean, talk about 
if I didn't move things out of my life, things were moved out of my life for me, lost my career. I don't want to say lost. I chose to leave my 18 year career in corporate America in order to share my gift. Again, lots of loss for me, but it goes back to that, those voids that needed to be created so that I had space, that I had space for things that were more aligned with my frequency, which as, as a healer. So a lot of loss, a lot of heartache, a lot of tears, lot of dark places, but just we talk, as we talked about in the, during the tips, you know, I, I really, I'm proud of myself for surrendering the way that I did. It doesn't mean it was easy. I fought things. I, st- I certainly fought things, but I learned, I learned that I had to surrender. My awakening was, it was rough. It was real, real rough. Uh, once I, I realized what was going on, which was really about 2016. So I was four years into my awakening before I realized it. That's when I, I could cognitively make choices that would align me and make it easier for me. And, and that's when I decided to surrender 2016. And since then, it's been incredibly beautiful. Even the hard, pointy, sharp parts have been incredibly beautiful. And when you go back to your story, and we talked about all the steps to ascension, and Mm -hmm. you described what you go through in general, it reminded me of when I was waking up to the fact that I kept going in these bad relationships, and the same thing kept happening at home that was happening in my relationship. And as you said, like you lose memory, I couldn't remember a lot of things. Like it drove me nuts. I felt like I only had a capacity for certain information. Of course you did. And that information is what was aligned with your new life. And I think it is very, sorry. It is very much like a death and rebirth. It really is being asleep and being awoken now. Yeah, I agree. And it makes me think about now too, as I, I try to connect with certain spiritual teachers and Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like I can't take in that information. And I think it's also, it's not aligned with me. Absolutely. You know, this is something that I tell people all the time is that we have to be in the same soul family. We have to have our frequencies matched. And even for me to be able to work with someone and to read for them, especially with medium work, we have to be on the same frequency and not everybody is. And there's nothing wrong with that because that teacher that you don't align with thousands of people align with them. Um, I was wondering if you feel like some of the light workers, we look to spiritual teachers to avoid ourselves in a way that inner guidance, do you feel like maybe we like get stuck in like all these courses and, you know, all the books and all the things? Some people do, but that's back to that linear thinking of I got to do this, I got to do that, and then I need to do this, A, B, C, and I'm healed. So do some people look to healers as a way to avoid healing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just as some people go to therapists, but they're not really there for therapy. They're there for other, you know, other reasons. Maybe they feel like they're obligated or whatever it is. Absolutely. That makes sense. I mean, people enter relationships too, because they feel like they should be. Correct. And again, that's that programming. That's what we're awakening to is that we've been programmed and we don't need that any longer because guess what? We came with our own programs. That's what we have to tune into. That's what awakening is about. And do you have anything that you offer that helps people move through ascension? You know, I do. A lot of that is going to be found with my shadow work. Again, again, I am a soul pilgrim. I came here to do shadow work with myself and with other people. And so I do offer a coaching package that walks us through four sessions with some in-between, of course, help and guidance as you're moving through your shadows. I also offer a mini inner child, mini inner child. So it's only 30 minute long, but it can be very powerful. And then I offer hour long inner child work too. Those are incredibly, incredibly moving for everyone. 
This is a random thing I thought about when I was driving my son earlier. If you want to add to it or I'll see what comes up. So as far as the holiday season goes, people often miss those that they lost around now. So I was wondering if you have any tips on that or, you know, something that's warming for people. What a wonderful, what a wonderful question. Yeah, that one gets me in the gut too. It's something that I really am, I really am passionate about speaking about right now because we miss them and they miss us just as much. I, I had a birthday recently and I was just about to get into a very heavy meditational space when I saw, I saw this group of ancestors, benevolent beings, loved ones and angels gather around me. And it was so beautiful to know hundreds of people gathered around me just like hundreds are gathered around you right now too they miss us as much as we miss them they want us to contact or to be in contact with with us as much as we want to hear from them it's a beautiful thing and you know we're so lucky that we get a little bit of downtime from the 3d every day and that's through dreams and so if you're wanting you know to have a contact with your loved one ask them to come in your dreams our, our ego which is how we started this conversation around tips is quiet during dreams and you're more likely to have a visit from a loved one than two so try during dreams ask for a sign listen for things. I had such a beautiful experience last week. I'll share this with you. I went up to, so my grandmother recently passed and she was also gifted, although she was in the closet. Um, but I went up to her property last week. She had bought, week before last, she had bought some property in Yosemite and I'm so blessed to be an hour from the Yosemite gate. And so I went up to her property and I could feel her all around. And my grandmother, one of the things that she and I like to do together is we would go up to Yosemite, up to the cabin, and we would feed the birds together. She loved feeding birds. And so when I was in Yosemite, I had this giant crow approach me and it just walked with me. It was rather interested in me and I talked with it and it was not afraid whatsoever. And I ended up giving it a gift because my grandmother told me, I'm getting to a long story here. My grandmother told me that birds, especially crows, if you give them a gift, they're your friend for life. And I happened to have a, a, a rose quartz necklace that broke and some of it was in the bottom of my purse so I gave it a beautiful piece of rose quartz to take with it and so I thought that was interesting I thought about my grandmother and then that night I came home and I did a, a free group reading for about 80 people and um, a gal popped on she was brand new I've never met her before I've never read her before and she said hello from Virginia and my grandmother's name was Virginia now this gal was in the state of Virginia but I knew that the, the cumulative of what had happened that day, me being at my grandmother's property, thinking about her, that crow, and then getting that hello from Virginia, I knew that was from my grandmother. And the point is, is that they want to talk to us as much as we want to talk to them. So be listening. I love that it was a crow. That means so much to me too. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Like it's feathers were like that sort of purpley opalescent black. It was just, it was a beautiful thing. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, thank you. You know, she was really ready to go. She was 92 years old. The body wasn't working anymore. At some point in time, we just want to be free. And so she was, and it was good, good for her. She's so happy. I saw her many times on my birthday. She came to watch over me, you know, just laughing and happy and just joking around. And my house has actually been rather, rather busy with ghost activity the last couple of weeks. So it, it's been a good experience. Thank you though. Thank you though. I'm, I'm still in contact with her. In other words, she doesn't, she's still talking to me. I figured like, I wasn't sure if you really needed to hear that. Cause I know for you, it's, you know, she's still there. 
Yeah, you know, it's such a different concept too when we talk about, you know, people dying and them being still there. They really are just there. It's like they're in the other room. You can yell at them, they can yell at you. Just nobody's going to physically hug. Although I have been touched in the last couple of weeks, so they can. We should do a ghost story podcast one day. I've got some really good ones. That would be fun, actually. Yeah. Here, so you talked about meditations before. I was wondering, is there any type of meditation that you love for yourself? Uh, I personally love a guided meditation and I really, really, uh, the last couple of years have been into I am work, which is, um, there's a lady on YouTube, her channel is uh, love the life you live. And all she does is eight hours worth of I am work. And for those of you that don't know what I am work is, it is repetitive phrases that reprogram you. So we talked about programming earlier and how programmed we are and awakening is the process is the process of letting go of that programming well you know here's here's the thing that we fill the void with too is we fill the void with positive things like i am work i am i am confident i am a magnet for abundance whatever it is you pick the topic and so that's something that I've, i'm really really into is i am work i also i really do do a lot of guided meditation in fact i'm going to do a guided meditation tonight i'm going to listen to one um, by a man named Steve Nobel, like the Nobel Prize. He's my favorite on YouTube. Uh, but I'm going to do a guided meditation tonight on release and cord cutting. As far as guided meditations or meditations to get you through your ascension process, definitely anything that releases, 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 because again, we want things to be easy. We don't want to have to suffer while we're going through this. We don't want to struggle. So any kind of meditation that you can do that, you know, removes energy cords or clears karma or heals your bloodline, you get out of getting those shadows. The meditation is excellent for shadows. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if we really want to go over the energy today. I mean, this is going to be- Today's energy as the 21st or today's, today, today, like the conjunction energy? Yeah. I mean, like this podcast will be out after anyway too, so. Huh? This podcast will be out after, obviously, today, so. It will be. Um, you know, I, I think, gosh, I, I could have a whole conversation with you on the age of Aquarius because um, do you want to do my guide. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, Michael has been talking. So that was one of the first messages that I got in 2012 was the age of Aquarius. And I was like, what is this? But I was hearing it over and over and over again. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And they actually told me that we are going to be as humanity as a collective in a period of difficulty until 2024 or 26. I can't remember. I have to write it down or look it up. Um, but, but we're, you know, a lot of people I've been seeing on Facebook this morning, people are like, Oh, did I miss it? Did I ascend? All of that kind of stuff. Well, it, it's in motion now. It wasn't a one-time event. We are ascending as a collective now. We're going to continue to for the next couple of years. And today was just a really, really powerful energetic point for people to make a decision. Do you want to go or not? Which train are you going to be on? It was a great opportunity to let go of things too. And, and that's what I'm going to do tonight. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting that it's around New Year's too when people like to make goals. And it's the solstice. Exactly. And so yeah. mm -hmm. I was talking with someone yesterday and I said this last night, I said, this is the real new year. This is the real deal here. This is what we should, should have, you know, been writing our intentions for letting go, releasing, forgiving, anything like that. This is the deal. Today's the day. Today's the day for you to decide what you want to do with your life. I actually just, I had a client today and I just a long-term person and they, they just, you know, today told her, surrender yourself to service. Today's the day. 
if you want to be in service to spirit, today's the day. That is very powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah. I had something else. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> what, are, what are you going to do? So I have a pine cone and I'm going to um, get some pieces of paper and cut them up and I'm into um, sizes that I can stick into the leaves of the pine cone. And I'm going to write down everything I want to release. I'm going to do a cord cutting meditation for 45 minutes and then I'm going to burn that pine cone. That is really important to do when you release things. It's not to keep that piece of paper. No, I'm going to stick it amongst the leaves, you know, 50 different little pieces of paper and I'm going to burn them. Let them go. Beautiful. Let it go. Once in 400 years. I mean, my soul has obviously been through this before. We all have been, but I'm cognizant of it this time. And I really want to take advantage of it. Are you able to see the star where you are? Are you going to go outside and see that? So I went last night. I've been watching it. It is. I have been seeing it. I have been seeing it. So I have an app on my phone. I think it's called Star Tracker. It's fantastic. You can, you know, aim it up at the sky and it has this beautiful imagery and tells you what you're looking at. And so I have been watching it for the last couple of weeks. And last night it was foggy and we, it should not have been. And so I have a theory, I'm a theory, I'm sure, I'm sure Scott will love this. I have a theory that they chemtrailed us so that we couldn't see it. So we could not have that activation on our third eye, could not have that activation to our crown of the grand conjunction. So I'm going to go out and look. Hopefully it's not foggy tonight. Can you see it? Oh, I'm going to have to go take a look too. From what you said, it makes me like feel so pissed off. There's so many nights where I wanted to see the moon and then all of a sudden there's like storms and that's, it's so common. Like when there's a storm. I've been actually like tracking it this year, like nine out of 12 moons, there were storms. You couldn't see them. And I think it was, I, I think it was chemtrails. That's a whole nother podcast. That is, I think Scott would love that one too. <laughs> I think Scott would love that one too. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That definitely is annoying. Because there's like, you know, the ones that are, you know, be up at 2 a.m. to go see it, like some shower and like, I'll wait and then I'll just- Me too. The me too. Like, darn. <laughs> yeah, me too. I do think it's intentional. So uh, start start keeping track of those full moons and see how many you can actually see. And then if there were chemtrails the day before. That's just I started seeing chem- It is. I started seeing chemtrails um, three or four days ago. I was like, oh, perfectly blue sky, except for those chemtrails coming in. I think it takes that long to whip up this kind of fog too. Yeah, it's it's funny too because I used to think when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, I want to keep track of my own like thing of the weather. <laughs> so well, now's a great now's a great time to do that. Just you know, write down on your calendar when you know it's a, I know you have your calendar written out when the full moon is. Go and write down what the weather was like. Could you see it? Could you get those downloads and those activations? Could you get that energy? I used to for fun, but then um, someone like I predicted a major death on the calendar and I haven't done it lately have you ever just like on your calendar put stars of important dates politically I I was doing that earlier in the year politically yeah like certain dates and see if it comes (laughs) through it can be off a day because things change but um so I don't I don't have a lot of premonitions about my personal life I am in agreement with spirit that I don't want to know and it's not that I don't want to know I don't want the foresight but it's that I want to be present now and if I know, and I've got things kind of pinned out there, then that keeps me pinned out there. And it doesn't keep me right here with you guys. But I don't, I don't generally seek that information out. When you were talking about the ascension phase, it made me think about how I used to actually be like, universe, show me this. And I'll know that's a sign for me to go do things. When you talked about like the interacting more, is that what you meant? Like little examples like that, where you start to speak to the universe? So I, I talked with you a little bit about, um, 
you know, what awakening ascension and, and being awoke is, but I also sat down and channeled what spirit thinks the differences are between those things. And I thought this was really interesting. And so, so spirit says during the awakening spirit drives, spirit drives the bus. It sort of points your direction here, points your direction there. It tells you, you know, what to focus on and what not to. When you're ascending, you drive the bus. You decide, I'm going to focus on this. You decide, I'm going to focus on that. And when you're in a state of being awoke, it's an enmeshment between you and spirit. So you're both sort of sharing the wheel and, and driving together. Make sense? It does. So then what I'm talking about is more so being awoke than when you're working together, collaborating mm -hmm. with the universe. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. okay. that, that is a state of awokeness. Uh -huh. I think we covered everything, but is there anything you wanted to cover? Yes. Well, you know what, let me touch briefly on what, um, what we strive for, really, because we are striving, even though, it's, even though we're saying it's not linear, right? We are really still striving for that state of awokeness. We're really striving for that enmeshment with our higher self, the spirit in the universe, right? And so we know that we're in a state of awokeness. We've made it for now until it starts over. When we have a lot of ease in our life, when we are manifesting things very quickly, I'm talking just minutes, hours, days, um, when we have a lot of premonitions, that's how we know we're in a state of awokeness, spirit is talking. And lastly, we're in a state of awokeness is when we're really, really focused and, and driven towards our purpose. That's how we know we've reached awokeness for that cycle of um, awakening. Starts all over again, of course. The bottom drops out and off you go. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like that too I like that <laughs> true <laughs> mm -hmm. I, think, I think that was it my friend I think I covered all my notes yeah I think so too I just had the funny note I put for you here I'm sure you laughed ascension kind of sounds like pregnancy just like the mental and the physical you go through oh you gotta get your shit together to go through ascension and through pregnancy that's crazy yeah so. I can make I've been kind of joking with people too in a way because I have been very mindful of my energy because I'm pregnant. So then automatically I'll be like, that's not for me. That's out of alignment. Cut, like block. Or if anyone likes, you know, like it's my space online. Like I don't need on my own profile that if you disagree with me and you're like, oh, bad karma for you for even, you know, exploring the shadow side of spirituality. Like there's people that don't like I do that. And it's like, okay, like that's you putting that energy out there, not me. And I just cut it out because I don't need that in my life. Like I only have so much energy in a day, but that's true for anyone. Everyone's birthing something into the world, whether you're physically pregnant or not. So you have to think about your energy that you're putting in the nurturing that you need for yourself and not putting your energy everywhere. You know, the bottom line for that is the word boundaries and boundaries are the ultimate expression of self-love. And when you are birthing something, boy, you better love yourself hard. When you're going through it, when you get right to the point where you're going to have it, you can even have doubt then too. Like, I feel like that happens in pregnancy too. It's like, you're so close and you're like, oh my God, can I even do this? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it is. It is very much like, you know, this process of being reborn into an awoken state. Absolutely. It was awesome having Kami on again. I'm so thankful that she was here. Check out the show notes to find out where you can book a reading with her. 